Welcome to Words That Move, your companion on your journey to unlock your full potential, achieve your dreams, and become the best version of yourself through motivational speeches, personal stories, and practical tips. We're here to fuel your ambition and remind you that the power to create your reality lies within. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Did you ever stop and ask yourself why is it that some people are more successful than others? Why is it that some people make more money, live longer, have better relationships? While the great mass of men, as Thoreau said, live lives of quiet desperation. When I was 15, I set out on a lifelong journey to find the answer to that question. Why are some people more successful than others? You see, when I was growing up, my family never seemed to have enough money. My parents grew up during the Depression, and I heard the same things over and over again throughout my childhood. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. I don't know if you heard that when you were growing up. It seemed to be the national anthem. I was not a great student. I passed out of high school when I was 18. Uh, I say passed out because, uh, rather than graduated, because that's what happened. I passed out in the half of the class that made the top half possible. The person in front of me on the stage and the person in back of me received diplomas, and I got a leaving certificate. A, 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 when, when you open it up, it says, goodbye. Anyway, since then, I've traveled and worked in more than 80 countries on six continents. I've sailed on all the great oceans. I've been around the world two or three times. I became fluent in French, German, and Spanish, as well as learning to get along in several other languages. When you need to eat, you, <laughs> you learn. Anyway, I started off as poor as I could be, searching for the secrets of success. And over the years, I've read and studied for over 30,000 hours in business, economics, psychology, philosophy, religion, metaphysics, and history to find the secrets of success. And I'm happy to say that I eventually found the answers I was looking for. Today, I live in a million-dollar house on a golf course in Southern California. I have business interests in nine countries. Today, I know and I've proven that success in any field, including this field, is as predictable as the sun rising in the east and setting in the west. My purpose in speaking with you today is to share with you some of the most important things I've ever learned. However, as Aristotle once said, you can't teach a person something that they don't already know. You're already high achievers and great successes in your careers. You're already the cream of your profession. So many of you already know what we're going to talk about, and the rest of you will recognize these principles as soon as you hear them. About five years ago, I met a wise and wealthy man who had spent his entire life studying success. And he'd reached a clear conclusion concerning the reason for success in life and especially in business. He's dead now, but I'll never forget what he told me because I immediately recognized that he put the finger on my reason for success and yours, as we'll talk about in a minute. He said the key to success was to set a goal and then to stay with it until you achieve success in at least one important thing. He said that your subconscious mind will then accept that success experience and store it as a pattern, like a template. And then you're, from then on, your subconscious will drive you and direct you and guide you to repeat the pattern of success in other things that you attempt. Another way of saying it is that nothing succeeds like success. Psychologists have demonstrated that achievement brings you a natural high. Once you've experienced your first great success, then not only are you unconsciously programmed to repeat it, but nothing else will ever give you the same wonderful sense of satisfaction. All high achievers know that. Anyway, I learned the truth of this idea many years ago when I first started traveling. I spent eight years traveling around the world. And in many ways, a trip or a journey is a metaphor for life. My first big trip was that much, much more. It had such an enormous impact on me that I've never really gotten over it. Uh, my whole life has been different as a result of what I call the Sahara Crossing. Uh, let, me, let me tell you about it. I, when I was 18, three friends and I decided we'd go off and see the world. Uh, 
We were well out of high school, and uh, we were laboring in sawmills on the West Coast. This is in 1963, and a lot of our friends were heading for Europe to travel around with backpacks. So we decided to do something different. Nobody else was going to Africa, so we decided we'd go to Africa. Of course, it never occurred to us to ask why it was no one else was going to Africa. <laughs> and that was our first mistake. Uh, after working and saving for a year, uh, the four of us piled into an old 1946 Chevy and drove out of Vancouver, bound for Montreal, via Toronto, actually. We just passed a couple of blocks from here on our way on the trip. Uh, it was late at night when we left. It was pouring rain. We were all 20 years old, and we were off to see the world. Anyway, I learned later that almost every great venture begins with an act of faith, like driving into the dark, into the unknown. In a way, nature protects us by shielding us from knowledge of the difficulties and obstacles that lie ahead. Because if we really knew all the problems we would face, the setbacks, the suffering, the temporary failure, and the disappointments, many of us would hesitate about ever even starting out at all. And our plan was to drive across country to Montreal, get jobs on ships to work our way across the Atlantic, and then head south across Europe to Africa. Pretty basic plan. Uh, however, as it happened in Montreal, one of the guys decided to give up and go home, and so he left us. Well, that left three. The other two, after one day, I still remember, after one day of looking for work on the waterfront, decided to quit. Decided to quit trying and to spend their limited savings to pay their way across the Atlantic, rather than to work their way. I tried to talk to them. I told them that quitting is a habit. If you quit the first time you run into difficulties, you'll always quit when the going gets rough. You will, in effect, establish a pattern for failure rather than a pattern for success. But their minds were made up, so we split our savings and they took passage on a ship to England. I worked on a construction site in Montreal, hauling heavy things for the entire winter, and then I got a job on a Norwegian freighter out of Halifax in late February and arrived in England in mid-April. As I had predicted, my friends had quit and stayed in England working at odd jobs. However, we soon made up, good buddies again, once more we headed for Africa. This, at this time, we, all we had was an 8.5 by 11 inch page about this size uh, that had Europe and Africa all on the same map on the same page, and it seemed to be a very simple thing to go from, we didn't let ourselves get bogged down with details. We were young and we hadn't learned that it's the details that get you every single time. So we took a train down to London, there we bought bicycles. See, we never heard of anyone riding from London to Johannesburg on bicycles, so we decided that we would do it first and become famous. As soon as you, we soon learned that when you ride bicycles across France in the springtime, you find that the hills are all uphill and the wind is always in your face. <laughs> so likewise, I found that when you embark on any new venture, you often find the same thing. Everything seems to go wrong, usually at the worst possible time and in the worst possible and most expensive way, like starting a new business or a new career. Anyway, after two weeks of grinding along on bicycles uphill the whole way, it seems like a geographical impossibility, but it's true. Uh, we said the heck with this, we loaded the bikes on a train and we rode across France and Spain to Gibraltar. There we sold the bicycles and bought a Land Rover with our last dollar. We'd exhausted our meager finances uh, buying the Land Rover and we didn't have enough money for fuel and equipment. So we all sat down, we considered ourselves great uh, writers at that time, we all sat down and wrote letters to everybody that we knew pleading for money, telling them how desperate our case situation was. Sitting here looking across the Straits of Gibraltar to Africa, all we needed was just a little bit of money to get us over there. Anyway. We got, eventually we got a little bit of money here and a little bit of money there, and then we got one big score. I'll never forget this. An uncle of Jeff's that he'd only seen once in his life sent us 100 pounds. 100 pounds at that time was $300, worth more than $1,000 today. And we were ecstatic. <laughs> we were saved. <laughs> so this is another lesson. Nobody ever makes it on their own. One of the great lessons of life. We all need help from others to get over the rough spots on the journey of life. Thank you for tuning in. 
hit that subscribe button and follow us for more episodes of words.move.